0: It's time now for a pawn further review with your host, Josh Dorman, here on WJQS The Fan.
1: Josh Dorman, we are here on 106.3 FM, The Fan. You can also join us on the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, radio.com, or online at wjqsthefan.com. No matter where you're joining us, we appreciate you taking another Monday night with us as we take a stroll and review the prior week in sports and preview the upcoming week and more as we do each Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. We are in the Garner Dental Group studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check out their interactive map at lategarnerdentalgroup.com or call 601-271-8710 to find one of their five Metro Jackson locations or others across the state and region. Also, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, caller line 601-366-1180, or give us a a text on the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi text line 601-817-0106 www.bcbsms.com, live healthy, live blue. So welcome in. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the Olympics a little bit later, and those closed out late last night. We're going to talk about the SEC and uh, things that continue to uh, navigate their way through that process, both with Texas, Oklahoma, joining the conference as well as other rumors that are flying around out there. And uh, we'll also talk a lot of high school football tonight. We've got John Weaver uh, joining us from MRA football uh, for the next two segments. So he'll be joining us at 615. Then at 645, we have the head football coach of the Pearl Pirates in Rankin County. And uh, that is Coach Turner. He will be joining us. uh, Excuse me, Coach Hunter. He will be joining us at 645 to talk about the upcoming season for the Pearl Pirates. Justin Hunter. And uh, we're excited about that. Big time 6A program who will be joining us. And then we will have the judge in for the last two segments of the night. As he'll do his customary throwing of the flag as he holds court. And we'll do the good call and bad call of the week as well. Uh, Bill, how are yes, we this evening, my friend?
2: Oh, doing good, doing, doing good. good. Yep, trying We're to hang in there, hanging
1: <laughs> in there. Listen, that's all you can do. All you can do. It's a uh, it's a unique time in the world. We live in it. We live in a unique time, Bill. Have you ever experienced anything? I mean, you know, I think you turned uh, thirty three
2: uh, a couple months back. Have you ever experienced anything <laughs> no like wish. that? Uh, yeah. What was it? I will have to think on it for a while. You know, I'm, I'm a lot older than 33. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're, we're in,
1: we're in, in unique times, you know, we, I think in the, in the late spring, early summer, uh, everybody was, was kind of, um, spreading their wings a little bit. Uh, the coronavirus had, had, uh, dwindled just a little bit and everybody started to believe it was gone. And then now it's rearing its ugly head again. Right in time for school to start. I've heard about the this is this is what drives the common sense people in the world crazy. So in this state, I have friends whose kids go to a school that are not requiring any masks and are not contact tracing. My kids are in a school that's requiring masks, but they're in in in-person school, uh, which seems to be very popular. I have coaching friends that are coaching at schools that have gone completely virtual at least through the first two weeks of August, potentially more. I don't understand how a group of of people can come to such different outcomes as to what is best for these young people as they go back to starting school. Now, we're a sports show, so how does that correlate? Well, listen, those that... Uh, went virtual were supposed to have had their first day of football practice today they were supposed to have been playing volleyball already and those extracurricular activities because school can't occur on campus obviously it'd be hypocritical to bring kids on campus to practice or participate in extracurricular activities which makes sense but there are so many different things that are affected by this ebb and flow this peak and valley that is the coronavirus at this point. And certainly, we see the numbers. The numbers are uh, not moving in a positive direction. Uh, there's there's a lot to that. And what I would encourage you, I tweeted this out uh, last week. If you are a sheep, please choose your shepherd wisely. If you are going to follow the uh, and, and sit on the words of one or two particular people to advise you on What's going on within our world, I would encourage you to please make sure that those people are giving you truth and common sense. Uh, that's where we're at, and how is that going to now impact the beginning of sports? Fortunately, most fall sports that occur uh, are outdoor sports. Obviously, you have spirit competitions that include your teams, your uh Um, cheerleaders, volleyball. Those are just to name a few indoor. However, you have a lot of outdoor sports and the MAIS, they have fall soccer going on for the women. You have football, obviously, at at all age groups. You have a band that may practice indoors some and some outdoors, probably primarily indoors, to be honest, specifically right now with the heat, but they're outdoors a good bit as well. Uh, You have your color guards, your drill teams, uh, flag routines. And so there's a lot that's going on, a lot of moving pieces that these administrators are having to walk through as, as the coronavirus ebbs and flows. And uh, certainly we want to take an opportunity as always to thank all of our frontline workers, our healthcare providers, uh, all of those that have been in uh, in this fight and uh, all of our educators, our administrators, our teachers, our administrative staff, coaches, um, all of your uh, other staff affiliated with any school, and say thank you because the most important thing that we can do right now, while normalcy is not necessarily always a must, uh, I believe that for this school year, uh, whatever normal looks like now, if we can get to some semblance of that, to where these young people can have a routine and be educated at the levels that uh, should be expected then uh, i think it will benefit all of them as we move forward so uh, we pray for wisdom as uh, each of these uh, administrations are making decisions on behalf of their individual schools and that uh, everything that they are doing is founded in uh, in common sense and in fact and uh, that they make wise choices and decisions on behalf of all of their young people so COVID's on us. We are moving forward. Uh, football starts Friday night at the high school ranks. There are several MAIS games scheduled, and uh, we are going to to look forward to covering those. And uh, one of those will be the defending state champions in 6A in the MAIS, the MRA Patriots, against the defending state champions of 3A, Greenville Christians, and, uh, boy, I tell you what, Greenville Christian is loaded with talent. Uh, I don't think that they have the depth to compete with MRA, but they have who many are considering the top quarterback in the state in the class of 2022. And so uh, there's a lot to unpack from that game, uh, both teams. It'll be a great first opportunity. Certainly, if you're, if you're Greenville Christian, you are you're going against the very best, the cream of the crop in the MAIS. Uh, winning the last two uh, 6A state championships, MRA. Uh, but uh, also, you know, they've, they've been at the top for several years. Uh, that doesn't mean that they've won championships, but they've been building a program now for well over a decade that, uh, that has been moving to this place. So uh, a lot of positive going on there. That game will take place at MRA Friday night at 7 p.m. It's hard to imagine, but, hey, football starting. And, uh, and it won't stop. There's a lot to, to look forward to. And, listen, speaking of a lot to look forward to, we, we mentioned the MRA Patriots. We're going to have John Weaver, uh, the receivers coach. He's also the track and field coach. We talked to him a couple weeks ago about track and field over there at MRA. And now we're going to talk some football. Uh, we're going to talk his new role within the athletic department and what's going on over there in Madison County. You won't want to go anywhere. We'll be followed We'll follow him up by Coach Hunter from Pearl High School. So a lot of high school football to talk about. And uh, you won't want to miss that. Don't go anywhere. Come back with us here for more upon further review right after this.
0: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. If you'd like to participate in the show, give us a call at
1: 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. Appreciate you joining us here every Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m. I want to remind you, if you miss any part of the show, you can download the podcast just simply search "upon further review" or my name, Josh Dorman, and uh, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are uh, we talked before the break about MRA football, and now we are joined in once again by uh, John Weaver, the receivers coach, uh, head boys track and field coach, and has a new role within the athletic department. How you doing this evening, John?
3: Man, uh, doing great. You know, we just got through uh, with practice for today. We got a big game this Friday night against Greenville Christian. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to that. Sorry, I could be in studio, but uh, the job calls, so we got to answer.
1: Absolutely. So it's game week. That's, it's hard to imagine that we're saying game week. It's uh, August the, the 9th here, and so, you know, it's upon us and getting that kicked off a little early so let's go ahead and talk about your group and this uh, this opening game Friday night. You're opening up against the defending 3A uh, state champions. And I've had a hard time finding their roster, but I assume that they return the uh, quarterback from last year. And uh, I don't know that for certain. You know more about them than I do. Talk about <laughs> that opening game Friday night and uh, what you guys expect in uh, there at, on the campus of MRA.
3: Well, I tell you what, they were really good, uh, and uh, you know they they called us for this game. And uh, normally this is like jamboree week, so they called us for this game uh, for August thirteenth. And you know, Coach Davis, anyone, anywhere, anytime, he is uh, to me one of the best coaches in the southeast, if not the whole nation. And uh, you know, when they called and wanted wanted to play, and we said sure, and uh, they got some really talented guys, and you know they're they're not the defending state champs. For uh, for nothing, so you know it's gonna be a great test for us early. Uh, I think the the team that's in best shape, obviously, with the, the heat. It's not like it was two weeks ago, but it it's not like it was last week when we had a little bit cooler weather. Uh, but they got guys all over the field. Um, they have three guys, four guys, I think, that are Division One commits. One to Southern Miss, uh, one to Mississippi State, and then two others from somewhere else. But they're they're really talented at the skill position, and uh, especially on the D line as well.
1: Yeah, I remember calling their uh, state championship game last year, and one of the th- conversations we had, is and you mentioned it, but this time of year uh, weather is going to be a factor and depth is going to be a factor. And yeah. uh, so that will certainly play into, generally speaking, they're going to probably field somewhere around 25 players, maybe 30. Uh, you know, and, and and you guys are probably trotting out 60 to 70 which will play to MRA's advantage, I would uh, would imagine. Uh, as the receivers coach, talk about – you've got three returning starters, if I remember correctly, all three seniors uh, in Davis Dalton, Street Toller, and Ty Brooks. Uh, talk about those three guys as receivers specifically and what you expect out of them here in the upcoming season.
3: Well, it, we had a – you know, today was the first uh, like a half day of school, and I went up to them and I was like, can you all believe your seniors? And I remember coaching them in junior high, and you know, three years ago, we we lost the state championship in 18, and that seems like it's a blink of an eye. And uh, I just remember them being scrawny little sophomores. And now, you know, last year, you know, we had the 2019 team that was pretty good uh, with receivers with Sarola and Perkins and and, uh, Tyler Starnes and all those guys. But then we really didn't know about Team 20, and uh, those guys kind of answered the bell of, building on the foundation of what we set for our receiving core, you know, obviously we're going to throw the ball. And um, they answered that. And then going into this year, it was one of those things that – you still there?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're here.
3: Okay, all right. And, you know, it was one of those things that I was like, you know, we're going to do some things that are detail-oriented a little bit more. And uh, we added another position coach with us. Uh, So I coached the outside, Jacob Land coaches the inside. And uh, to give those guys – uh, the best they could be, we had to narrow it down mm. where somebody coaches inside, somebody coaches the outsides. And that's that's kind of what we've done. But, look, Davis, Dalton, Street, Toller, and Ty Brooks, I'll put those three up against anybody uh, in our association.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the big questions is going to be who's going to be throwing them the football? You obviously have the young man, uh, John White, that uh, yep. that is a sophomore coming in. Uh, there's also some 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 news out there that there's a, a three-man race, including McKinley-Woodward and Ethan Mallett. Uh, talk about where that situation stands, and has there been a decision made about who will be throwing those three guys the football here in week one?
3: Well, I'm glad I coached the receivers. Uh, we, we just tell them we want the A to B guy. A guy that's going to make the best decision for our program. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a three-horse race. Obviously, you're going to compete daily. If you're in our football program, you're going to compete daily for position. Um, so, as a game starter, that's up to Herbert Davis to answer that question when we tried out in game one uh, this Friday night. But uh, those those guys battle. I will tell you this, but Kenley's working a little bit of receiver with us right now as well. Uh, so, it's fun to add him to the mix. I mean, he's six five and a uh, big frame for us to throw to. So he's embraced the, the ARB life uh, of being outside with us. Uh, but, you know, you compete daily in our football program, and that's one thing that Herbert Davis is, has told our guys, like, look, your position is uh, not rented every day, but you are, are busting your tail every day at practice to make sure that you don't get passed by because somebody else is clipping at your heels to take your position. And uh, so it's a compete daily mindset, which sounds so cliche, but, It really is true under a Herbert Davis program.
1: All right, so we mentioned the first game, Greenville Christian, uh, and the toughest challenge as coaches is probably going to be getting your guys focused for that August 20th matchup against Natchez Cathedral and to not look past that one to your August 28th matchup (laughs) against Oakland High School out of Tennessee. That's going to be on a Saturday at 2 and is now going to be uh, nationally televised on ESPN2 Talk about the opportunity for your program to be highlighted with a national football game like that.
3: Well, it just speaks volumes for where we've come from. To, and, and I'll say it again, you know, Herbert Davis has done an amazing job of competing against whoever it is, whether it's in Arkansas, whether it's in Alabama, uh, whether it's in Louisiana. We, he doesn't care who our team plays because we're going to be prepared. Uh, saying that, I think a lot of that was the Dion effect. Uh, of us beating Trinity last year that kind of put us out there of like, whoa, like who is this team? And, you know, they were ranked, I think 13th or 16th Nash, uh, in the state of Texas or whatever. But, you know, the standards, the standard is our saying in our program. And the standard's been set that we're going to look at game one.
4: Mm. There's no
3: sense in looking at game three when we still got the first quarter to play. Sure. And more importantly, we got to play practice tomorrow. So, the most important thing, and we do a really good job as a staff, I believe, of keeping those kids grounded on, hey, the most important thing tomorrow is meetings. And then after that, it's practice. Then after that is making sure you're hydrated. There's it, a stepping stone that we, we look at, hey, when you're in school, you're in school. When you're at practice, you're in practice. Right? We, t- we told our receivers that in our team meeting today, in our uh, position meeting. Tomorrow's going to be a weird day because we have a first day of school. So the most important thing when you're in school is school. And that's going to be a little different since we've had the summer to do some stuff. Um, and then they go home and relax. And so now you got to sit in a seat and uh, have academic instruction and then go to practice. So, you know, just make the main thing the main thing. And mm. that's what we've been doing.
1: Yeah. It doesn't get any easier after that Saturday game. On a short week, you guys travel no. to nationally ranked Pulaski Academy in Arkansas. And right. and then the schedule is filled out with uh, the usual suspects in the MAIS and, and a 6A that, uh, you know, generally speaking, is a, is a, is a high-level football as well. So certainly the 2021 schedule shapes up to be a a, a big-time test and challenge for you guys. And it seems as that's what you wanted out of the schedule.
3: Yeah, and, and that's what – I mean, it's funny. We got a phone call last night in team meetings about possibly going out to California and playing somebody. And uh, we're like, Whoa, we're going to pump the brakes on that one and, uh, and not do that. But, it, you know – the fact that we're out there and, and teams are, are noticing us, uh, that's great. But we're going to stay grounded in being who MRA football is. Uh, and we're going to take care of business one day at a time, one hour at a time, and make sure our guys are detail-oriented in what they do. Uh, but, look, it's an exciting schedule. It's a tough schedule. I think it's the toughest schedule we've had uh, since I've been there. This is my 11th year here. Um, it's the toughest schedule that, that I've seen at MRA.
1: Yeah, it's it's the toughest schedule I've I've seen certainly uh, in the years I've I've been involved in the association and and certainly that's that's a, uh, a you know a credit to the program a program that I believe uh, even even you know prior to probably back to to the start of your tenure there uh, really had started this process under Forrest Williams Herbert Davis takes over and uh, just on another note it was great to see Herbert uh, at church Sunday uh, he looked great said he felt great and uh that's that's a phenomenal thing for him as as uh, as we're we're excited to see him continue to to improve and, and feel great as well on the flip side here we're going to talk more with John Weaver regarding some of the facility upgrades that have taken place on the campus of MRA, and we're also going to talk about his new role in the athletic department for the Patriots. But first, we want to remind you about Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer is a trusted choice advisor for Southern Gulf state's insurance you can contact jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southern com. we've got more with john weaver from mra football coming up right after this
0: back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS
1: The Fan. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. We're in the Garner Dental Group studios, and we are once again joined by MRA receivers coach, John Weaver. And, uh, John, let's talk about some of the uh, renovations that have been taking place over the summer at the home of the Patriots. I think you guys call it Bank Plus Stadium. Uh, what's been going on out there throughout the summer?
3: Well, if you've driven down Old Canton Road, you've seen uh, the big jumbotron uh, going up in the in the south end zone. There's also two new play clocks on the north and the south end zone. Then another play, uh, just a scoreboard on the north end zone, closest to Old Canton Road. Uh, that's just on the football field. Then we've added uh, where you throw the shot in the disc on the practice field. We went in and turfed that. So it's a 50 by 60 field for soccer. You can play like a seven on. Soccer, field ball, and then it's also equipped with shot and disc uh, where we can throw there as well. Uh, and then some other uh, renovations are going on inside the business office and student services.
1: So last year, you know, for those who don't know, there was a, a, a big time uh, renovation that included uh, both uh, sections of bleachers, press box, uh, just a beautiful job done there uh, on the campus. Of MRA, along with the new middle school opening and some other things, Uh, but these are all specific to uh, the athletic facilities and and uh, you know you you mentioned that the addition of the video board, uh, the scoreboard, play clocks, um, you know all of those things go to enhance uh, you know what uh, what people that are uh, both uh, students or patrons there as well as fans coming to uh, to games and. Uh, that doesn't just benefit football, obviously. It benefits multiple sports that, that use that football field.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I, I didn't know how big that board was going to be until they put it up, and I was like, how, how big is that? And they go 20 by 32 feet. I was like, holy cow. So, you know, doing stuff like that, uh, increasing. So, you know, not just football uses it. We play soccer, boys and girls soccer on there with the ultimate frisbee on there. Uh, a lot of teams can use that uh, when they come to play. You know, we host it. Uh, the women's uh, uh, football league. They played the Carolina, or not Carolina? Excuse me. They're, the Mississippi Panthers played there. So, you know, uh, being able to showcase that and have other teams use that, and, and um, you know, I, I'll let it out on this on this show. But uh, October twenty second, um, IMG is playing East St Louis out of Illinois on our field.
1: Wow! Fantastic.
3: So, and you know, and just it's a different. They wanted a central location yeah. and and we can accommodate and um, had some help from Andre Hart and Deion Sanders uh Jackson State. Uh, we formed a real good friendship with them. And Jackson State couldn't turn around the field in time for a Saturday game or from a Friday night to a Saturday when they're, they're hosting a game. And Andre Hart reached out to me. He used to be the head coach at Trinity. He's a running backs coach at Jackson State. Uh, made a phone call to them, to IMG, and – we set it up, and October 22nd, we are at Park Lane and IMG and East St. Louis. Uh, the IMG, the defending national champions, uh, mm. will play at Patriot Field. Oh,
1: yeah, that's a it's an exciting event to host, and and uh, certainly more of that to come, I'm sure, with the facilities you're building over there. John, talk about uh, you've also added another role uh, along with the other many that you serve, including mm-hmm. boys' uh, track and field coach, receivers coach, teacher. Uh, now you've uh, added an additional role in the athletic department. Talk about that new role.
4: Yeah.
3: well, Josh, this is um, – I guess this is what I was uh, – this is what I was doing in 2005 when I worked in Birmingham was a lot of marketing and media relations with the Gulf South Conference. Uh, I was head of all of the, the baseball schools for the GSC. And um, Nate Slunt was the commissioner. And then he asked me, he goes, hey – do you want to go to New York with me for about three months? And I was like, sure, I I don't have the money. He goes, look, you just pay for your dinners, and I will take care of the rest. So we stayed in Hoboken, moved over, all that stuff, and, uh, you know, almost landed an internship with the New York Knicks. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, You know, sitting sitting 13 rows behind Yankee dugout talking to the vice president of the New York Knicks. And uh, he's like, hey, do you want an internship with us Come by the garden? And all that stuff. I was like, oh, like, I didn't. Well, the world was moving really, really fast. Um, well, my grandfather gets Parkinson's. Uh, I moved back home, and that's when it got into education and coaching. Uh, but doing this role now, I'm kind of back where I was when I was 25 uh-huh. uh, the marketing, media relations, uh, it's called the athletic advancement coordinator. So we have a uh, director of development and advancement for the school, but we knew we needed somebody that was going to push our athletic department as well um, with Richard DeWeese and Ross Haley. Uh, our athletic program was just getting really big, and um, Mr. Land asked me if I would mention in that opportunity, and uh, it's dealing with a lot of the marketing and the media relations um, of our school. So the social, you know, social media is a big deal with schools now. And uh, promoting your schools, uh, just athletics across the board, and uh, cool things like IMG coming into play. Um, there's a movie that's going to be shot at our school. Uh, a part of a movie is going to be shot at our school with Morgan Freeman in it.
1: Wow! Uh, on
3: August 27th. So, those are the types of things that that are really cool. That I guess I get to do now. Yeah. Uh, dealing with our athletic program. Uh, so you know it's. It's really fun. It's never a dull moment, and no two days are ever the same.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, that sounds like a a neat role, and obviously Ross Haley is moving over and and taking on a greater role in the athletic department. You and I have talked about this, and it's something we've talked about on the show, and that is if you're going to grow an athletic department, it has to grow with people that are committed to the athletic department. And when you you serve an athletic department with people – uh, I've been on record as saying this, John, and I will continue to say it, but the the, the idea that uh, your entire athletic department can be made up of uh, administration that's also coaches is is something that keeps a lot of athletic departments from growth. And right. in you all situation, uh, you know, big time on your administration for seeing uh, your abilities to uh, to move in that athletic advancement director role. And uh, certainly Ross Haley does a tremendous job, as does Richard DeWeese over there. And, uh, and so that seems like that's going to be just a, a significant uh, amount of fun for you and uh, something for you to continue uh, in your career. I want to ask you one thing as we finish yeah. up here. And your receivers are known as the Air Raid. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or the Air
3: Raid Brigade. There the you Raid go. Air Raid Brigade,
1: A-R-B. All right, so what is your call sign? In the Air Raid Brigade.
3: It's a great story. So uh, we threw around a bunch of names for for what we were going to be called. Like they wanted money crew. We wanted flight school. There was a bunch of different names. And if you know any history of fighter pilots, you don't get to pick your own call sign. And it's typically a nickname and all that stuff. Uh, so every year, Different guys get, like, Street Toler is roadie. Davis Dalton is double D. Ty Brooks is Ty Bo. Um, uh, Camp Seagrist, he's Mockingjay. I mean, there's just a a bunch of fun. Ray Vincent, who's at Ole Miss? And I'm saying him because he gave me mine. His is insanity. If you look at him now on Ole Miss uh, uh, chat boards, he's killing it, and they're calling him Unicorn. So uh, I'm going through camp, and – Somebody starts naming me captain. Well, a captain is a, like they run a ship, right? right? And we're through the air, and I love everything about fighter jets, everything about like how fast they go, everything. So Ray Vincent, we're in a meeting, and I was like, guys, I don't, I don't have a sign. And they go, your pilot, <laughs> your pilot. So it's just pilot. It's nothing flashy or anything like that. Um, my nickname when I played football at Delta State, and I, I kind of telling this in like hear it that way. My nickname when I played at Delta State was Dream for Gary Wright's song Dream Weaver. Okay, um, kind of a simple thing. Nice, but we have fun with it, Josh. That's uh, I awesome. think that's needed in sports today. Yes, um, and if you think about our, you think about our receivers and how detailed oriented they are, and how precise we have to be. That's just like a fighter pilot because. Uh, An F-15, an F-16 is a multi-million dollar jet, right? And pilots don't fly by the seat of their pants. You're right. And neither Uh, do we at the receiver.
1: Yeah, no doubt. That's been John Weaver, MRA Football. Good luck this Friday night and this season. John, we'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
2: Welcome back to Upon Further
0: Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web
2: at
1: WJQSTheFan.com. And we welcome you back in to Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. We are here on 106.3 FM The Fan or WJQSTheFan.com. You can also listen to us on the TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio or Radio.com and we are going to continue our high school football coverage as we now welcome in, for the first time on the show, head football coach of Pearl High School, Justin Hunter. Coach Hunter, how are you this evening?
4: Man, I'm living the dream. That's
1: my day. How are you? Well, hey, I, I am I am living the dream as well, my friend. It's great to have you on. We appreciate you taking uh, a few minutes here on what is the first day of official practice for uh for mhsa schools and uh tell us about your first day and tell us a little bit about your football program
4: man it was hot out there today i'm telling you no it was uh man we had a great day Uh, i tell you the way they changed the rules i mean we've been doing stuff all summer you know uh, used to be kids circled this day on the calendar every year but now they circled that first padded day so now they other circling uh, this coming Wednesday because that'll be the first day that I can put on a shoulder pads. But uh, it was great. energy, had great energy. Uh, we got a lot accomplished, and uh, you know
1: I think the Pirates got a little better today. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Coach Hunter, you're you're entering what year out there at Pearl? Do what now? What year are you entering out there at Pearl?
4: So this is uh, this is your eight total uh year Your as
1: head coach. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, talk about the upcoming season. Uh, I was looking at your schedule here. You open up with South Pike on the 27th. Do you have a jamboree uh, or a scrimmage schedule for the 20th?
4: Yeah, we actually we do. We, uh, we're supposed to be playing Gulfport at uh, University of Southern Miss. Uh, I thought that was going to be a cool experience for our kids, our fans. Uh, that kind of fell through. Uh, but then because we were going to play in Hattiesburg, uh, caught up to the over at pedal so we're actually going to play Gulfport. In a scrimmage game at Pedal High School. Okay. Uh so we're really looking forward to that. Uh, coach Archie does a great job down there with we'll Gulf forward and uh Top Knife Venue and Pedal. Uh gracious to them for letting us uh letting us play there.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a uh that's a good neutral site opportunity for you guys. And then you'll open your season against South Pike and, and continue on. You've got uh coach Teddy Dice and the Ridgeland Titans the following week and it's not long until you get into what's a, a very uh, tough 6A conference. Talk a little bit about at your conference and, and uh, what do you expect that to look like this upcoming season? All right. Well,
4: Matt, it's, it's been tough every year. Um, last, the last reclassification, which I guess was uh, two years ago, uh, they added Northwest ranking. That didn't make things any easier with Coach Collins and the Cougars, and just always a good game with them. And then, of course, this year, adding more Central uh, and Coach Morgan. And man, it just it's gotten tough, tougher each year for us. And, uh, you know, being, uh, me, me and the guy, Northwest ranking Coach, was talking the night. And, uh, man, there's going to be a couple of really good football players left at home this year for the playoffs, just because, you know, we feel like we're as deep or anywhere in the state. And, now, just the numbers don't add up, somebody's going to get left on. You know? So it's going to be a war every every week. I mean, the kids got to be ready to play. Because uh, if you're not, you know, you would definitely go home uh, with the loss. Uh, yeah. We have to just make sure our kids stay one day, game at a time, just understand how crucial it is that uh, we play well every week.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Talk about uh, the strengths of your football team this upcoming season.
4: Uh, no, we've we, we got a good group of kids. And I say they work extremely hard. um uh, we, we really like where we're at uh, on offense. Just uh, a couple of our skill guys come back. Our running backs back. Our tight ends back, back. Um, our athlete who plays, plays a lot of different positions is back. Wide receivers are back. Uh, we've got three offensive linemen back. Uh, you know, we probably bring seven starters back from offense last year. so That's, that's very encouraging. Uh, you know, the guys that have stepped in and, and some of the holes that we had, you know, uh, we really like where they're at right now. Uh, can't wait to see in pads, obviously, um, and just see how far they came. Uh Defensively, so we bring back. Uh, we take some of the better players in the state, in our defensive lineman, Jeremy Jackson. Uh, he, he's really good on that defensive line. Uh, Jalen Mickleberry, defensive end, forces back. Um, We've got two linebackers back, a safety and a cornerback. So, I think we have five or six coming back uh, on defense. So, like I said, we really, really like where we're at right now at the football program. Um, they're really good with the kids we had, how hard they've worked, how dedicated they've been. Uh, just really, really excited to throw them out there
1: and compete. That's fantastic, Coach. We are big on this show in on culture. And uh, one of the things I, I like to ask every coach is when you develop a culture as a program, and that can look different, there are some programs that don't have a culture. And, and in a lot of right. cases, that's very evident. Uh, but when you think about developing the culture of Pearl Pirate football, what are one or two non-negotiables that you set forth as the head coach of that football program that you're going to always have as part of your culture? Right. Well,
4: what we did, when well, we kind of, you know, because uh, I took over, um, had to hired several coaches, and uh, just a lot of moving parts. They wanted something where it was really relatable for the kids and kind of, you know, you always try to find what's what's going on outside of school, outside of football, maybe it's the music they're listening to, maybe it's, maybe it's that, but something that would catch their attention. At the time, and I guess still now, you know, the word drip was, uh, was actually really, really big. A lot of phones coming out about it. And, uh you know, I don't know what they mean when they say drip. I've heard a bunch of different uh, meanings. But anyway, so we took that and said, you know, drip's will be our thing. And we're going to we're gonna call it drip just for the letters uh, in the word drip. The D stands for desire to be great. Uh, the R stands for respect everybody. The I uh, stands for infect others with your positivity. And the P stands for put girl first. And that's kind of just what we uh, what we kind of always talk about in the football program. Uh, we call ourselves the drip boys. You know, we get to put on shirts. Uh, you know, we have people all the time ask what DRIP is, and our kids have got to say that, you know. And uh, we really, really harp on it. That's kind of the top thing that we do. And we also have a, and we have a pillars of the program. We have core values. We have a mission statement. Um, you know, vision and a vision, all that kind of stuff. That all kind of revolves around the word DRIP and what those four letters stand for for us and our kids.
1: Man, that's fantastic. And and if anybody out there missed that you need to download the podcast so that you can get the, that uh, acronym for DRIP, the DRIP Boys down in Rankin County uh, from the Pearl Pirates. Uh, and, 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 Coach, lastly, I want to ask you about um, – you've been there eight years, so obviously you know about the Battle of Rankin County. You're going to welcome Sam Williams into that battle this year as he has taken over as the head football coach at Brandon High School. Um, it's the closest thing. I grew up in Texas – and uh, certainly it's nothing to have twenty or 30,000 people on a Friday night at a game, uh, but I've also seen where that rivalry can can bring in 8,000, 10,000 uh, 10, folks, even more potentially uh, on a big year. Talk about that rivalry and what it means for both schools uh, and for that final game on November 5th uh, to be that rivalry game. Yeah, I man, it's huge. Uh, I
4: didn't really know. I had heard about the Eager Robbery before it came to Pearl. I, I was uh, at there before that, and we have something called the Cross Street Robbery with uh, Knox Spader in Anahuagia. It's huge. It's a 1A, uh, the biggest robbery in 1A, and I was would, I would it the biggest robbery in a smaller classification. So uh, I didn't know a lot about, um, you know, the Eager Robbery. In my first year, North Coast John Perry was telling me, uh, you've never seen anything like this. Just wait. Course, you know, you never know what to expect. And now we would go out for pregame, and there's people everywhere. And before the game kicked off, I just looked around and I said, and I'm not an occupator no more. This is some good stuff. There's people everywhere fans, just people that stand up have own game. They come through all year long, but they're going to be there to support their team. Uh, just, I, think it's, I think football is absolutely awesome in most communities. Most uh, communities really, really, really uh, strive academically and athletically. Uh, But, you know, that game and that night is is a really, really thing about bragging, right? You know, I tell you, I think there's a lot of people in Brandon that are friends with people from Pearl and people in Pearl that are friends with people in Brandon. But that night is a little bit different. (laughs) You know, uh, me and Coach Williams are buddies. You know, uh, we talk all the time. We talk when he was at Regional, We talk when he was at Yeah. You know, he's going to do a great job there. Uh, I'm good friends with several of the assistant coaches over there. So uh, it's gonna be fun, you know. Awesome. Uh, I think just like most years, it's gonna have a huge playoff division implications. Uh, so we're gonna take one game at a time one to get to that week. Obviously we're gonna be all about it. Uh, like I said it's gonna be a fun night for both communities and both programs.
1: No doubt. Justin Hunter, head football coach, Pearl High School. The Drip Boys down there from Rankin County. Coach, we appreciate you joining us. Good luck this season, and uh, we'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
0: It's time now for a pawn further review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS
1: The Fan. Welcome back in. Terrific first hour of the show. We appreciate John Weaver, MRA Football, for joining us. I also appreciate Justin Hunter, head football coach of Pearl High School, for joining us there in the first hour. And uh, we're going to be having as many of our high school football coaches on as we lead up to the beginning of the season as we can uh, and make sure that they get an opportunity to discuss their program. Uh, Next week I can tell you Lance Pogue from Jackson Academy will be joining us as will um, Craig Bowman from Hartfield Academy and uh, along with others uh, as we go about uh, the next few weeks. Uh, We've got a big show on the 23rd where we will have a full hour with uh, a future scout, a a scout, uh, a lead scout for a a NBA team. He's been there uh, for several years. It's a championship-level team, and we will talk uh, all things basketball with him. Uh, very cool story, he started out as a high school coach and athletic director, uh, took over and started an NAIA uh, basketball program it, at, uh, at the collegiate level, and then went in as part-time and now as a full-time scout in the NBA. And that will be a great, great conversation that we'll look forward to bringing to you on the 23rd uh, of August. So, I want to talk about, there's been a lot of of uh, interesting conversation with regards to the Olympics. And, you know, there, there are a lot of facets to these things. And certainly, you know, you can look at a number of different things that are going on. Uh, I saw a report today that uh, a lot of the franchisees for Subway uh, are asking the corporate body, so corporate Subway doesn't own any of the Subway stores. They're all franchised, but the franchisees pay 4.5% revenue back to a uh, fund that is managed by corporate Subway for marketing and advertising, etc. And so that money's being used to pay Megan Rapinoe uh, for her services uh, as a spokesperson for Subway and they are demanding that those commercials be removed. Uh, I think that's part of a greater picture, Um, and that is that these Olympics, to some degree, were were hijacked by things that were not relevant or relative to the Olympics. Uh, One of those things is not political in any way, shape, or form, and that is a time difference. You know, you look at ratings and you ask yourself, Why are the ratings so far down? Well, one of your, if not the major uh, country for viewership, the United States of America, we were significantly different in time. And for a lot of people, it just did not make it convenient to watch the Olympics. It really didn't have anything to do with anything else. Now, were there some that didn't appreciate some of the uh, some of the things that were going on from a political perspective? Sure. Um, you know, were there others that say, hey, look, there's no crowds in the stands. It's not the same feel. Yeah, I mean, I get all of those things. So, you know, basically the coronavirus hijacked it last year. Then you get to this year, and so now you have these athletes. And remember, out of respect for every one of these athletes, remember what a, a typical Olympian does. Now, this is not a team sport Olympian. This is an individual Olympian that trains specifically for the Olympics each four years. They have a cycle of training that puts them at their very, very best come Olympics. And when when you change that all of a sudden, uh, that was all nuance. That was new to all of these Olympians, and there were some things that they had to change and adjust to. Some of them did a great job with it. Others did not. Uh, certainly, it's not just you know, athletes from the USA, it's athletes across the world that we're dealing with all of the same issues. But, I, you know, when I, when I look at it, though, it, you know, and I went and looked at the total tally, the United States earned 113 medals, 39 gold, 41 silver, 33 bronze. One of those medals was in men's basketball that uh, everybody had kind of written them off, and I said it on this show, and I said it on Twitter. Uh, they got together uh, late. You had the addition of of uh, Holiday, of Middleton, and of Booker post-NBA finals. All three, well, two of the three, which played a very significant role uh, for the Olympics team. And... So when you started thinking about the amount of time that they had together, it was going to take time to develop a culture and a chemistry that could turn into a gold medal. However, they were still the greatest compilation of basketball players in the world today. And that ended up winning out as they won the gold medal 87-82 over France. When you look at the United States and you look at the Olympics – You look at all of the things that the United States has to be great, facilities, resources, training, all of those things are in place, and they did what they should do, and that is dominate the Olympics. However, I think it's very disingenuous to the rest of the world to say, hey, the United States should win every medal. That's not accurate, nor is it fair. Because there are hundreds and thousands of Olympians that work for that prime time spot, that showcase in whatever it is they choose to do. For example, the Italian uh, gentleman that ran won the 100-meter dash. The Italians also went on to win, um, I believe, the 4x100. Not a traditional sprinter's sprinting-producing cr- uh, country. But guess what? Uh, Those gentlemen got it done. When you look at um, the athletes that had a a standard, uh, Katie Ledecky in the the pool, you know, set a standard that they continued. Um, Felix on the uh, United States lady on the track, uh, Allison Felix, Felix did a phenomenal job developing her reputation. And so I think some great stories came out of the Olympics in the face of a lot of adversity. And certainly there was some self-induced adversity on the United States side. I get all that. And those are conversations that will take place. Um, unfortunately, I think at times it's just like, uh, you know, things within our, our world today. Everything seems, to be, everything seems to be hijacked politically. And I think the, the Olympics, unfortunately, got hijacked politically on both sides, you had some people that didn't agree with with uh, certain aspects and certain people doing certain things, and so they just stopped watching. Well, you know, I don't know if that's the right decision based on the fact that there's a significant amount of, of uh, athletes that do a phenomenal job and deserve our support. And one of those, and probably the coolest story of the Olympics, came out of I believe Bill, women's uh, wrestling. Yep. And there was a uh, there was a young lady who had the opportunity to stand on the podium and got to uh, listen to the national anthem and just had an, a very emotional uh, response to that. And when you look at that. That's what the Olympics are about. She covered herself in the American flag, talked about living in the greatest country in the world and what it meant to her to represent that country. Uh, And guess what? She deserved our support. Whether we like uh, certain things that go on or not, it really is a fundamental truth about our country We are all in a very different place, and we are as divided as ever. And I believe that one of the things that can change that is to reintroduce ourselves to the idea that politics is intended to divide and sports are intended to unite. And that can become a beginning point for us, that if we will choose to unite around these athletes and what they accomplished, and choose to set aside differences, then our domination on the world stage will continue. When we come back, we've got more. We're going to talk a little golf from the World Golf Championship event that took place in Memphis. Exciting event, big-time finish. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau went away once again. And uh, then we'll be joined by the judge at 730 for his good call, bad call, and who he's throwing the flag on this week. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Upon Further Review right after this. Easy.
0: to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan.
1: Welcome back in. Upon Further Review, we are in the Garner Dental Group studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. At Garner, they take pride in being able to offer their patients care across the state as well as a variety of employment opportunities. Complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check out the interactive map at lategarnerdentalgroup.com or call 601-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state and region. Most insurance, Medicare, and care credit are accepted. So get in and get your mouth healthy at Garner Dental also want to tell you about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue. Find out more at www.bcbsms.com. Big event. You know, I was talking to Randy Watkins, and we were talking about how fortunate we are in Jackson to host a PGA Tour event, which we're going to have a preview of of the Sanderson Farms, which, by the way, Bill, did you see today that Sanderson Farms sold for over $4.5 billion?
2: No, I I didn't see that.
1: Sure did. Sure did. Sanderson's Farms sold for over $4.5 billion. And uh, the Sanderson Farms Championship is uh, hosted here in Jackson uh, at the Country Club of Jackson. And we'll do a preview of that. But this past weekend, we were fortunate. Just three hours north, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, we had a an event, the World Golf Championship, massive worldwide event, where fifty-eight of the top no, excuse me, forty-eight of the top fifty players in the world were all on hand to compete. And uh, what a tournament it was! Uh, it was a um, a tournament that I believe benefits St. Jude, and was eventually won in a playoff by uh, Answer. He beat out uh, Matsuyama, Sam Burns, Harris English. Actually, um, was 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 well in front there for a little while. And uh, one of the stories, though, is Bryson DeChambeau. He uh, started the day two back. He wound up the ended up the day. Ah, uh, four back. He went backwards once again on a Sunday, but uh, what a what a great event! And uh, the the old gentleman of the group, uh, Mister Mickelson, uh, played fairly well. I think he wound up at seven under and a tie for seventeenth. But to have that collection of professional athletes descend on uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and play there uh, at such a beautiful course, TPC. Southwind is just a phenomenal thing. And to think about that we have two professional golf tournaments uh within that distance, one in Memphis and one right here in Jackson. If you live in the state of Mississippi and you're a golf fan, there's no reason that you don't have access or are not uh going and, and supporting one of those two events each year and 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 all of the phenomenal things that take place at a PGA event. Uh, obviously, that event uh, supports St. Jude. Uh, PGA Tour events are, are very well known for their charitable contributions in the communities in which they are played. Uh, the one here, Sanderson Farms, supports the Children's Hospital uh, at UMC, Blarry e. Batson. And so a lot of positive goes on um, there through those those tournaments. And so that was a, a fantastic tournament uh, that took place up in Memphis. Um, so... I, you know, look, we, we see all the money being doled out, but, but Bill, um, I know Alpha doesn't disclose salaries here, but, uh, Luka Doncic agreed to a salary, uh, deal about like what Jake Wim, uh, agreed to recently to continue doing his show, uh, at 207 million dollars. Yeah.
2: Maybe $207, uh, for Jake at, the million would be knocked off there. $207 million. <laughs> million dollars. Goodness.
1: Unbelievable. The amount of money that exists in professional sports at this point is, um, it's unbelievable. And uh, it, certainly uh, Luca and the Mavericks agreeing to that. Uh, how about the Hall of Fame this weekend? Uh, big time speeches. Heard a lot of great things. You had Peyton Manning, among others, that were funny. inducted into the Hall of Fame. Tom Brady was on hand to support him. I think I read somewhere where Tom Brady's first, let's see, who 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 was it being uh, inducted that had a speech? And Tom Brady, uh, they played against each other in their first year. And obviously you have to be out of football for a certain
2: amount of years before you're inducted into the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady is still playing. If Hayden was saying that, that uh, Tom would be eligible by
1: 2035. Yes. He'll be eligible for that and Social Security all at the same time. right? <laughs> at the right? same time. 2035. Wonder, speaking of that, I wonder if Tom Brady needs his Social Security check.
2: Uh, well, it doesn't matter if he needs it. He'll get it. He's getting it, isn't yeah. he? It, yeah, he paid the money in. Now, you can you imagine what his monthly will be, though?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, isn't it capped at some point? I mean, uh, I, I, I think, think it it's, is. Yeah. I think it's capped. Yeah. Um, I did see also where De'Eric King. Uh, has become the first college player to sign an endorsement deal with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Excuse me, not the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers from the NHL. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the Florida Panthers. They they signed a deal with King uh, to develop a merchandise collection, co-branded art, and his own exclusive concession menu item that will be available at all Panthers home games and events for the coming season. So another... Uh, NIL contract signed, this one by Derek King from the University of Miami, and that is according to ESPN. As we see the uh, NIL contracts continue, I think I saw, Bill, and we may have talked about this, where a gymnast from uh, from LSU has actually signed a seven-figure NIL deal. Mm. To uh, And that's because of her, her social media following. Right. So a lot of that stuff's going to be dependent on on how many social media followers you have, and there's some type of formula where you know if you have X amount of certain, you know each each follower is worth say a penny or a nickel, and uh, in the contract it it uh, it it brings you to a certain annual contractual amount based on how many social media followers you have. So uh, basically, if I were to sign an ni a, a national uh, um, uh, name, image, and likeness deal. Um, my deal would not be valued at much because my social media presence is not where it needs to be. So I need you, listener, to <laughs> follow me at JDCoach on Twitter, follow the show at upon underscore sports, and download our podcast. Uh, make sure you do that. There's a shameless plug here for the show as uh, as we continue to move forward. He so wants
2: to be the next Joe Rogan.
1: Joe, well, you know... hundred
2: million dollars. hundred million. For his podcast.
1: I, you know, and I try to figure out how that's worth it, because how do they monetize... You know, when I listen to podcasts, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but generally it's like one commercial. It's always built bars mm-hmm. or... You know, some other. Uh, it's always the same ones that I hear.
2: He has a lot of people, a lot of ears, a lot of ears, I guess. Listen to a and, of yeah, and he's it got brings and it brings followers. Yeah, ears that, uh, and that, to that probably
1: show. has a lot to do with the social media following yeah. as well. Um, when it when it all boils down to it, and he but moved
2: to Texas now, so he doesn't have to pay any state taxes. There's anymore.
1: a lot of people moving to Texas. A lot of people moving to Florida. Um, a lot of people just moving in general. Mm-hmm. It's a transient time in the United States of America. And uh, Miami's uh, Derek King is certainly taking advantage of the new name, image, and likeness uh, rules as he signs that deal with the Florida Panthers. And you can get your—he'll have his own menu item. So if you go to a Florida Panthers game, you, you can you can uh, order the menu item and know that you're supporting Derrick King. Another thing I saw is—did uh, they
2: say what the menu item? Uh, was they did be- not. Huh. They did not
1: introduce that. Huh. Another thing I saw is I saw where Lane Kiffin, the Lane Train, uh, is a couple uh, cargo. Uh, trailers lighter. Yeah. Uh he now some yeah. and he did that out of accountability. Now listen, this is a this is a soapbox for me because as coaches, a lot of times we we demand excellence and accountability for our players, but yet we don't do the same for ourselves. And I love the message behind it for the lane train. And and look, it, you know, no matter where you stand on the vaccination, uh the lane train also announced that 100 percent of the Ole Miss football program is vaccinated uh, for the coronavirus. Uh, And so that's news there because that means that certain protocols within the SEC will be – the the protocols will now be limited. Because they're all vaccinated, uh, their traveling party, social distancing, contact tracing, all of these things, testing, take on a, a, uh, a little bit of a lighter load for them. Uh, on any game week. So I know that uh, they're certainly excited to uh, to have reached that milestone. That's Ole Miss football on the lane train uh, are 100% vaccinated. And uh, certainly, as, as the the numbers continue to climb, uh, I know that they are, uh, that's a positive thing for their program. I want to remind you about Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. He is my insurance agent. Contact Jerry at 601 952 3525 or at SouthernGolfStates.com. Also, want to remind you about Randy Watkins Golf, include Patrick Farms, Lake Caroline, and Whisper Lake. You get three for the price of one with your membership, and those are all in great shape. I'll be playing two of the three this Saturday and Sunday in the club championship. You can visit them at www.randywatkinsgolf.com to find out more. Coming back, the judge will hold court here on Upon Further Review. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back in upon further review. I am your host, Josh Dorman, and we welcome you into the Garner Dental Group studios. Thank you for joining us. We are in hour two. Had a great first hour as we welcomed in John Weaver from MRA Football, as well as uh, we welcomed in. Uh oh. Well, we do it every night and the judge is here to hold court with us from the Valley of the sun. It's probably going to
5: the righty, going to the righty tonight,
1: going to the righty. It's probably, I would say, uh, sunny and about 75 out there. Nice, cool breeze. And, uh, you're sitting on the back porch enjoying the, the beautiful temps right now. Is that accurate? Uh, uh...
5: Sometime about 10 p.m., you might normally <laughs> roll out there uh, by the pool, but uh, today it's an unusually cool. I was telling Bill, uh, 90 degrees or so. So we're in a unusual cool spell and in a wet streak uh, this uh, last three or four weeks.
1: So, so you just said 90 degrees, and you're in the cool spell. Uh, so let's let's hope that that continues out there because I can tell you, you know, when you think about it, 90 degrees. Um, in in a dry condition over there, but you've had some rain. Is that picked up the humidity along
5: with it? Oh, a touch, but I mean, the high humidity for us is twenty percent, twenty five. Yeah. You guys, you guys would wilt over there with a couple of days of twenty five.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh,
5: so you know, it, hey, I tell you what, I had breakfast al fresco this morning. Did you? that's right you know and uh didn't go for any sunscreen or anything
1: that's what i'm so, talking about
5: yeah yeah you know that that that's uh what we call in mississippi dinner on the grounds
1: there you go that's, that's it uh but that's
5: right enjoy the outdoor breakfast and uh yep yeah, so we're yeah it's, it's all good i mean for all the golfers they're getting the summer raids and they're playing man they, they're probably packed today
1: oh there's no question um I would assume we 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 know a few that are out there uh you know steven barry to to, oh, to yeah. name a couple but uh golfers oh yeah yes indeed yes indeed so uh it's beautiful and things are in full swing um and uh so we get to uh we get to to, to kind of throw the flag tonight and who are you throwing the flag on
5: well you know josh your your first segment this this hour was uh kind of putting a recap on the Olympics and so, you know, to make it easy on me and it's always easier to pile on. And so I really wanted, you know, in my closer role also, you know, as the judge uh, wanted to put the Olympics to bed, Uh, you know, give give my quick uh, synopsis of it, but Hey, one thing you didn't mention, which I think is the big uh, elephant in the room, Josh is, you know, uh, the next Olympics is when? How, how long, Josh? Three years. So the next Olympics, seven months.
1: Oh, so, the Winter Olympics, yeah, yes.
5: Yeah, the Winter Olympics, seven months and where? China. Be- Beijing. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, uh, you can talk about separating the politics from the other, but the Olympics has many times uh, been the stage for political and then sometimes humanitarian protests. And, and in order to do that, uh, countries oftentimes boycott. So that's what I'm getting at is that the very uncertainty with all this and the COVID making a resurgence. I mean, that's a question in itself. But the political aspect of of China and how the world is looking at them being the uh, the origin of this and being non-transparent uh, and, uh, you know, playing uh, playing hardball and uh and so you know that's a big uh, big big question mark yeah and I so i haven't heard anything from you know the IOC i guess it's full steam ahead just like japan was and you know that was pretty controversial as you said as well uh with the covid they uh, they they were you know in an upward trajectory uh especially with low vaccination rates but uh so it's going to be very interesting i predict the judge will predict there will be a lot of uh, countries that won't go. There'll be a boycott, uh, and I don't know. It'll be a big question mark as a, if the U.S. goes or not. So, uh, but anyway, that's on the horizon. It's coming fast. Yeah. In what, terms of these? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I I do, and 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 the big question is when you when you tie all of this into the political realm, um. You know, do we as a country have the mustard to to make that decision at this point or are we so divided that any sense of of unity in supporting uh, humanity as a whole, is that going to be thrown out the window and we're just going to swallow it and move on?
5: Well, you know, I'm not a fan of the IOC, and, of course, I'm going to get ready to hit them with a little humor here in a minute, but uh, they have no indication that there's anything other than full go, you know, and they make the call. You know, these things are going to happen in Japan, whether Japan wanted it or not, you know, and so, uh, that you know, that's the deal, and it's going to happen, but it's just going to be who's going to be there. uh, For example, in 1980... Uh, the u.s. and i believe oh a number a lot of the european countries did not go to the uh olympics held in russia right you know and and then uh, we held the olympics in 1984 do you think any anybody boycotted those olympics of course i believe it was 14 mainly a middle eastern bloc. of course russia being the you know the chief among them and so i'm just saying uh I would be surprised if there's not some kind of a, a stand somewhere from countries around the world that said, hey, they're willing to make a stand and to say, you know, un- until questions are answered, there's no negotiations. We're going to come. If you guys be transparent, they have all this leverage, but it's not being used because it's not financially advantageous. So, yeah. uh, hey, all it right. boils down to the money. You're talking about the huge money and. Uh, in, in in our pro sports, but we're talking in the billions, uh, you know, for this inter for the uh International Olympic movement. That includes all the uh federations from each country, FIBA, uh you know, all the uh soccer and uh basketball, all those uh federations they have control, they're all uh run by the IOC. So I mean, this is really like the octopus that's wrapped around the world, i say, yeah. and uh, I, I think they're not about what's politically correct as much as the money aspect of it, getting getting those money. All
1: right. We've got two minutes. Throw your flag. You mentioned uh, a little humor. All we right. want to hear hey, it.
5: Hey, you know what? I mean, just to throw a little comedy at them, I mean, I, I barely, uh, you know, with NBC's coverage, terrible ratings, terrible timing, terrible coverage. So uh you know what i got the most of the sports and uh that i didn't really uh, want to josh were things like uh you know there was there was too much of the wall climbing uh this the synchronized uh the artistic sw- uh, swimming not even, and i believe synchronized is under that R- the rhythmic gym with the uh, rhythmic uh gymnastics the ribbons and then the uh, rhythmic bouncy balls, Josh. i got a lot of that. But you know what I didn't get any of? I didn't get any boxing. I didn't see any of the boxing. Hey, by the way, that the uh, the runner from Italy that was unnamed, only the fastest man in the world, right? Lamont Jacobs. There you, you know, go. He was born in the U.S. and went over there as a baby. Guess what? He's, he is now in a doping scandal.
1: Oh, boy. Hey, hold that thought. We're coming back with more from the judge. He's going to finish throwing the flag and give us his good call, bad call as we go into the final segment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
0: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. Call us on our caller line at 601-366-1180.
1: Welcome back in Garner Dental Group Studios. This is Upon Further Review and we're back as the judge holds court. Sorry to cut that last segment off. Uh, why don't you finish your thought on throwing the flag?
5: Hey, I know you got to pay the bills there and you're you're doing a good job. But you know, I was just uh, diverting onto the 100-meter winner scandal, but again, that that again clouds the picture of what uh not only individuals but countries will do. Uh, his trainer uh, was kind of like the uh, Barry Bonds trainer from Balco, oh. and they got they got he got uh, indicted in March, and at that time Jacob split from him. So he and Chris Josh before this year he'd never run under a ten flat, hmm. and he ran a nine eighty. I'm just saying. But anyway, you know, back to the fun and games. We were talking about some of the absurdity that I had to watch uh, this year. Um, he, You know, in addition to what I was talking about, I love basketball, but the three-on-three basketball, it missed me. I didn't even get to see men's wrestling, but women's wrestling was added this year. I mean, do most universities have women's teams? I don't think so in this country. Probably 1%. And then, you know, uh, then they're taking uh, the popular young up-and-coming sports like uh, skateboarding and BMX. Uh, by you know, I can foresee in the future we're going to be going to BattleBots and Madden, you know, 2028 or something. <laughs> so I mean, the the trend is just uh, what they will not do to try to grab you know eyeballs is what it comes down to viewership. And uh, th- as long as they got the money, they dangle out to these create little federations that are all uh, you know up uh, vertically to the to them meeting the ioc uh but you know a couple more real quickly and then we'll get to my bad and good calls here that they may consider that you know you had mentioned in addition to our synchronized cannonball i think that's a that's a, a, a gimme oh yeah i think that's a done deal uh, but also uh <clears throat> we forgot uh cheer and palm yes and uh, did you like my dueling dueling uh paintball Okay. You know, so, yeah, basically a paintball duel. There you go. Uh, and then, the team laser attack. So, I, you know, I, I'm full of good ideas. I hope they'll call me maybe through this station, Josh. There you but, go. But, you know, but they're doing great work, and I anticipate more of it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, 2024 is in Paris. Yes, it and is. I, I was wrong earlier when I was talking to you about the flag. But it, the flag always goes up to the next country yes. uh, when they douse the torch. Yeah, so, yeah, you ready to go with my uh, –
4: yeah, My let's hear it. Call, what's, your,
5: what's your good call of the week? You know, I'm watching it right now, Josh. I'm talking about what has been originally an interna- I mean, an international uh, amateur sport, which is originally what the, the Olympics, even as far back as 72, was. And uh, what I'm watching right now is pure, I did it myself, the Little League World Series. I'm watching the regionals right now. Uh, I, I tell you what I, I, I saw a play about two innings ago where the kids, uh, by the way Florida up uh, over Georgia I've watching the southeast region for nothing. but you know you talk about a true international amateur event, I'm looking at it kids from all over the world right now they're playing the regionals, you know these kids started probably three weeks ago in their local all-star uh, tournaments and play to get through the state and now the regionals and uh you know, the the organization of this deserves a big tip. The way that they conduct it, it's, it's really a great experience for the kids. And it's great TV. I mean, I'm watching kids right now jumping up, 12 years old, head, hats backward. There's Pee Wee. He's a foot shorter than everybody else. That It's just great. They, they stay at the Village once they get into, uh, you know, the uh, Little League World Series, the final 16, and uh, have a great week there for those kids that earn it. So I love it, man, and so that's a good call, tip of the cap. Uh, I pitched, I had my best stuff ever, Josh, in the Little League All-Star game. Uh, I think I struck out 16 out of 18, and I lost 3-2.
1: Oh, man. Oh, yeah,
5: I know your mom was there for that game. Next day, I was on a plane to Arizona, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got, I, got, I got vivid memories of that, the good, the bad, the ugly.
1: Hey, hey, before, before we move on, Champ wants Fortnite in the olympics in 2024 don't forget about Fortnite.
5: you know i'll throw that on my nomination sheet (laughs) absolutely next to madden it'll be right next to madden that's right and that and between the flying drones
1: (laughs) flying. boy i tell you what all right what's the bad call of the week
5: oh man you know the bad call of the week i I gotta call it like i see it and it goes to the judge i'm gonna i'm gonna take it on myself, you know, I was pretty loud a lot, about a lot, like a lot of people about the, uh, chances. And I said, you know, I'm going to take the field against the U uh, S in Olympic basketball. So, you know, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to lose the case on that one, you know, on appeal, but, 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 you know, on a review, I was going to say, but on a, I'm going to appeal because I saw Durant going down the tunnel and he was laughing at all the media and said, yeah, you guys, said we don't dominate basketball we, you know, we dominate you know the world in basketball and I'm saying to myself this from a guy who uh by their standards you know if they got to play they didn't want to play three out of five they, you know that doesn't tell you who the best team is so if you want to look at it that way it's one to one the margin of victory I think France beat them by seven the first time so uh how about a third game for charity you know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. let's have the rubber match, man. Yeah, I'm down. So, I, you know, I'm I'm going to appeal. I want a rubber match because they didn't dominate that uh, that Olympics in no way. I mean, they beat a couple of you know patsies, but when they played tough competition, uh, and so I'm I'm just going to say it was not a dominant. Yes, they won despite Pop. You know, I, the players were basically coaching themselves. And uh, but they like you said they had the best collection of talent. Tip the cap to them. they, they were great sports. They were great ambassadors. So I Tip the cap to them for that. Absolutely deserve great. But they did not dominate the world uh, in these Olympics.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, did end up with the gold. Durant uh, sealed his legacy as an Olympian, uh, becoming the highest sport uh, point score in in the uh, United States history there in basketball and certainly went uh, had, a, had a great run of it. And we'll see where it goes from here. You know, there's, there's no telling. I, 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 you know, I don't know that I'm not a fan of going back to the complete amateur world where these guys have more of a run-up to, be, to, to build chemistry, uh, you know, to go and take in some of your best college players. Uh, who knows what will happen? It, you know, it doesn't seem to have the juice that it used to. Uh, you know, specifically when you start doing something with a dream team, you only right. can go downhill from there. Isn't I mean, that
5: the truth? Where are you going to go absolutely, with it? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, we'll see where that where that ends up.
5: You got one minute up until uh, Jordan's uh, amateur team. You know, we were beating the world for years and years with our college players, and the pros were the pros, you know. And, uh, of course, the 92 Dream Team, like you said, you start with the, the epitome, and we made a statement, no, 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 we're – the best in the world. We beat everybody by five, did we? No, thirty-five, yeah. forty-five. not even mean, close? That was, do- that was domination. Okay.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, that's a a great uh, good call, bad call segment. We appreciate you joining us once again, and hope you enjoy a uh, nice late evening in the valley as the temps continue to uh, to slide down for you over there. And uh, we'll we'll look forward to talking to you again next week.
5: All right, but I'm going to watch a little summer league Suns and uh, Jazz tonight.
1: There it is. Go Suns! We'll talk to you next week. That's been the judge holding court here on a pond. Further review, as he always does, every Monday night with us from 7:30 to 8. Always great to hear all of the takes. And uh, and Bill, I'm I'm not sure about Fortnite. Uh, I believe that there's a lot of fifth grade boys here that could win the Madden 2024 Olympic competition. Uh, that are all my son's friends, uh, along with 2K, but uh, but certainly had some interesting thoughts on on what to add to the Olympics next next time around.
2: Yeah, so they added the wall climbing and the skateboarding, and when they dropped baseball. Yeah, I I don't
1: understand.
2: Softball's still there, but they dropped baseball.
1: Uh, well, baseball was played. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where where we're headed. I think you know some 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 events like wrestling and and uh, and and boxing have certainly gotten the. Uh, uh, the shaft on on some of uh the airtime there and being uh being events. But how
2: did the women's basketball finally take uh, uh, women won it. Yeah.
1: Yep. They beat Japan. Yeah, Dominant. Yeah. Dominant. So yeah, that's they gonna were, do they it. Were
2: scoring a lot of points.
1: That's <laughs> gonna do it for us here upon further review. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again next Monday night from six to eight PM May God hold you in the palm of His hand. Have a great week, everyone. We'll be back next week six to eight p m here on a pond for the review.